Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Men of Ann Arbor podcast. As always, I'm your host, Stuart, alongside PD. PD, man, we're going to get into PD's coach's short corner. Why are you stressed out, man? What what these kids got you stressed out for? Man, first of all, you know, the challenging of authority. Like, you know, we come from a club. <laughs> oh, we you never did that? It. I flirted with it. I didn't. I never went all <laughs> the way. Good. I like, like that. He's gonna love it. Yeah, I always flirted with it, but these guys are taking it there. They are going far and beyond, and they're not even that good. So, you know, I'm just frustrated trying to find that balance of still yeah. coaching them and not actually, you know, taking it personal that these yeah. kids really need my help. You know, dude, I remember. I think this encapsulates coaching pretty well and it involves you and it was my freshman year like the year we went to the tournament and you were in the paint and like you were trying to dunk a lot I mean not everything you weren't like reckless but you were trying to dunk a lot of things which is fine but there was some missed missed opportunities I think to score more points with just a a regular finish and Beeline was on you for weeks and weeks and weeks about just go for the layup. Just go for the layup. Get contact. Maybe get a, get a foul drawn. Um, and then eventually, in like one game, you did it. And it like three or four buckets that you got that maybe would have been harder if you just tried to attack the rim full out. I'll never forget, you said something like, in, you, in film, you said something to the effect of, you know what, coach? I think you're right. I think I'm just going to quit trying dunk everything because it's so much easier just to go for a layup and it was like one of those situations where the player had to still figure it out for himself like somebody can only tell you an answer so many times you still have to come to the conclusion for yourself before you buy in i think that's like the plight of coaching and leadership right like they're gonna eventually believe me but it's gonna take a while or they won't. Or yeah, they will never the, believe you. And then you move on. Oh, oh, man, so, yeah, just like I'm sure with the Michigan situation, it's Jawan may not be doing something. He may he may be doing the best job he can. But at some point, those kids got to buy in. And I'm sure we're going to get into that today. For sure. Yeah. They, they just have yeah. to buy in and take accountability at some point. No, for sure. But yeah, what's a good quick coach's short corner with Petey? We'll get back to another one next episode. For sure. Yeah, man, man let's get into Michigan basketball. It is um it's just sad. Like I'm just sad for everyone involved. And it's just going downhill. The latest loss to Illinois by what was it? 29 points. Um and obviously Doug wasn't there, wasn't playing on the road. A big lo- you know, big win against Wisconsin, but then they dropped an uh what, 20-point game to Nebraska and then 29 points to Illinois, Michigan State coming up at home. It's just looking bleak, and we've said that before. I want to get into kind of the chatter around the program. Now, X is kind of an echo chamber, and it's only a few people, but I think it's pretty apparent that people don't want Jawan around next year. I think if you pulled the fans that's been watching this year, they'd probably say something similar, um, regardless of whether I think that's right or wrong. But they asked Ward. They had a media session over Zoom, and, and Ward Manuel was on there with some media, media members. And let me get this quote up. 
so I get it right. They said, you know, are you supporting Juwan? And he went on for a while for a few sentences saying, you know, he supports the program. And, you know, it's been tough on the student athletes and on the coaches. Everyone's trying, but, you know, obviously performance is key and results are key. And he had this quote, which was very interesting, which was getting ridiculed and dissected on X. And the quote is, quote, it would be fair to say I have not really thought about any changes in our men's basketball program at this time, end quote, which is a very odd thing to say when you're saying, I have not really thought about it. What is that? It's very vague. Like, okay, you have thought about it. You either have to come out <laughs> one way or another and say, yes, we're going to evaluate things after the end of the season. Um, we're not, we're not going to talk about it right now. We're not even looking at it right now. Or you're like, yeah, he's on the hot seat. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard an AD be that honest straight up, but that's kind of odd to me. Like if, if you're just coming out, I think that's a problem for Ward. Like you can't just come out and just be very vague and say, maybe I thought about it, but not really. Like what? I don't know what that means. When you, when you tell someone not really, that means <laughs> yes. Right. So, like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he had, like you said, you never heard that AD just be brutally honest about fire or hiring a coach. So politically correct. He, he just, you know, he had to be politically correct in that instance. And it's very sensitive, you know, with the FFF, as we talked about over and over, you know, what Jawan has done for Michigan. So when it comes to firing him, it's just a very sensitive subject. But I know I know the fans are chattering. I, I know people are mad and people feel like they deserve answers. Um, I never really took the stance of, appeasing fans, you know. I feel like the program is a program. We do love the fans, but we – I always felt like we handle it internally. So how how do you feel about this, Stu, as far as the fans and people that support Michigan, their emotions, how they feel, how the season going, as yeah. you and me both feel the same way? I, I, I want to get into this because I had a lot of discussions on social media with fans – about this and I, and I tweeted basically saying like the toxicity you know on social media the negativity and toxicity on social media gets seen and it gets read by players and it can affect the program it can like it can really bring kids down and you know there's obviously a lot of other issues they have to deal with winning for one um you know losing their strength coach in the middle of the year because of an argument with, with the head coach. So there's other issues outside of the fans, but like your words can be seen on social media and they can have a real effect on people. And I had a lot of people kind of coming at me because I was calling them kids. And I was saying, you know, you're, you're, you're bashing kids and being ruthless towards kids. And I think kind of belittling their worth in a lot of ways. I, I saw, I won't name the player, but I saw tweets, multiple tweets saying, such and such is the worst basketball player I've seen in recent history for Michigan basketball. Can you imagine how that would feel if you're that player reading that? I mean, you know, I don't know what the response is. Well, you know, it doesn't mean anything. He should be tougher. No, that's terrible to see. I don't care who says it. And you have to, you have to grow a thick skin. And I want to ask you your experience. I want to go over my experience with social media when we um, played basketball at Michigan, but it was a little different. But to get back to the point, that's a terrible thing to see for anyone to see about anything that they're doing. 
And especially when you want to win. Like, it's not like these kids are purposely sabotaging these games. Uh, they're not throwing games for money. Okay, that's not what's going on. So I had, I had people splitting hairs saying, like, they're adults. You know, and then we're coming back to players are getting paid. So they, they deserve to be ridiculed. I, I don't think any human being deserves to be told, like, they're the worst ever. Like, just to have hyperbole criticism thrown at them. Um, because you're upset that your favorite sports team is losing. I, I think to treat other human beings like that, even though it's in, inadvertent, uh, inadvertent might not be the right word, but like it's not directly towards them. They can still see that. I think we have to be very cognizant of, of how people react. I mean, Kevin Durant, for God's sakes, goes through social media and, and will respond to people. Like even the, the biggest of names can see what people are saying about them and the smallest of names can see what people are saying about them. And I just, you know, when you're 18, think about when you were 18 to 22 years old, okay? I'm way more mature than I am now. And we, you know, people are saying, well, they're adults. Fine. If you want to call them adults because they're 18, because they can vote, because they can join the military, um, whatever else, I still can't even drink legally. That's fine if you want to do that. But the bottom line is, is like 18 or 20 year old kids, 18, 23 year old human beings are their brains still developing their emotional brains their mental brains are still developing and these things are small traumas like to be called the worst ever is a small trauma and those things add up okay small paper cuts death by a thousand cuts that's a real thing and when these traumas build up you can really affect how someone lives the rest of their life and so like the smallest of things it might just be a small thing but it might be the 107th smallest thing that's happened that year to that person. And so you're adding to someone else's pain. Do you really want to be adding to someone else's pain? If you say, yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay. Keep posting. But I think I just want people to be more cognizant that you can be adding to, to an innocent person's trauma by just because you're upset with their sports team. And so I I just get really worried about how open and free we dismiss people. And if you want to criticize Juwan, for the performances, totally understand it. I got I could critique basketball all day long. But there is a certain humanity and empathy that I think goes missing when these coach change coaching changes come up and these possible firings come up and we start to lose our humanity based off of wins and losses. Um and I know again, I know Juwan has other things where Sanderson lost his, you know, basically left the program because of an argument, and I still have some issues with that myself being you know, a fan of Sanderson, but I, I still don't know the full story. But again, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's humanity lost in these situations, which I just, I, I hate to see in sports. I know we went through it. It's serious, but, you know, there's still human beings on the other side, right? Yes, yeah, too. So I, I feel different about this situation. I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, Sanderson was big. We'll get back on that. But, yeah. you know, now these kids are getting paid. You mentioned that the kids are getting paid. Um, I always looked at sports um, like a dictatorship type of thing, where it's not a democracy, meaning like everyone doesn't have to do it. It's not fair. It's not. Um, it's not clean. It's not. You know, we do have sportsmanship, but I'm looking at the side of sports. Of you know, it's not fair. It's so for these kids to take the ridicule, you know, in my experience coming up in the city of Detroit, not being able to catch the ball as a 11, 12 year old, 
they call me some of the worst stuff in the world. You know, we talk about mental. This world now is different, but you know, I'm old school. And even with the way I coach kids now, I have the mentality that got me a degree, got me to be able to be accountable, respectable out in the community, not just on a basketball court. And that was somebody being hard on me at all times, you know. Mm-hmm. Beeline said some of the worst things to me. And he loved me, you know. Yeah. He spit in my face when he, you know, got mad at times just by talking, you know, not just purposely spitting, but, you know, yeah. when he talking. So stay off social media, you know. If, if things are affecting you, because we can say the same thing for Juwan, you know. He's seen everybody talk about him being fired, you know. You, you telling me that can't, and I'm not talking directly to you, but you're saying that can't have an effect on his coaching, his ability to coach, you know. It's the same way. So I can just say the sport, you know, is vicious, and you cho- if you choose to play it, you should be prepared for everything that comes with it. No, I, 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 I do agree. I, I don't think that – I would never tell a kid – I would tell every kid, honestly, every college basketball player, like face it head on, like be prepared for people to talk shit to you, right? To say negative things about you and the program. You have to face it. You can't just shy away from that. Um, I would never, I would never like coddle a kid and deny them access to that. Like it's their choice if they want to look at it or not, how they want to respond to it. They have to learn from it. Um, I always believe in having that exposure is the best you know, as soon as you deny something, it's going to come back even stronger. So for sure, but my, my point is that they can, we can still teach kids to expect it, but it's not the responsibility of the fans to hold players accountable. Now, what, what you're saying is like you had tough love growing up and beeline was the same way. Beeline was very tough love and that held us accountable. I'm all for that. Like I, I I'm all for that from a coaching standpoint, the coaches, your um, anyone else that you deem to be like a mentor growing up, whoever the case may be, teacher, coach, or parent, what doesn't matter. They, yeah, they have a responsibility um, if they're looking after you and, and in that position to hold you accountable. Fans are not in that position, right? I'm not looking for fans to hold me accountable, and it's not their job. You can voice your frustrations. You know, you, if you pay money, I totally understand. Um, but towards the players, like that's just not their responsibility. And I think sometimes people on social media believe it's their responsibility to let players know that they had a bad game. And so I'm like, that's, you're just, you're really just being mean at this point and they're not even going to listen to you. Like it's not going to change anything besides make that person feel bad. If that's what you want, that's the goal you want to accomplish. Fine. Then great. You accomplished it, but we've had it before. I mean, I can't remember. Did you have Twitter? When when you were in Michigan, you just left when it was blown up. So the social media wasn't big when I was at Michigan. The thing were the actual people, you know, like you just said, the times where you missing easy finishes, you know, that that's diminishing when you come from a game and everybody's saying good game and the people you, you know, look forward to hearing from or whatever. Hey, great game, but. You don't think you could have finished those two bunnies? That's defeating. That's like you just put in your mind, oh, yeah, 
And I have anxiety, too. So that put in my mind, like, I was the cause of losing that game, you know. It's this clip where they grabbed my jersey in Michigan State. But the whole point was I should – it's not that, you know. Back when I was immature, I was leaning on that fact that they grabbed my jersey. But nowadays I look at it, I should have finished that still. Like, there's nothing to talk about. So – you have this thing, and I understand what you're saying. It's not the fan's job to be on the player's back. It's not going to do anything. Some may see it, some may don't. Like they just think that controls everything, and it doesn't. Yeah, it's so funny nope. you said that. You mentioned that shot at Michigan State, and I don't remember what year it is for people to reference. I think it was 2010 at home. Um, I threw a lob to PD. Darrell Summers grabbed PD's jersey, missed the shot. They actually highlighted it on ESPN where Darrell grabbed PD's jersey. They didn't call a foul, and we lost by one or two. And it's so funny because I never, even as your teammate and as a basketball player who's gone through his fair share of anxieties and feeling responsible for losses, never never put that blame on you at all. Not, not, not even once. I didn't even, didn't even think about it. didn't think twice about that. It um, wasn't even a consideration to put blame on you. But as a player – yeah, if I was in your position, I would have put that blame on me for sure. And I would have had all the anxieties about, man, I just let everyone down. And then you hear it from fans, the groaning and man. everything else, and you're just piling on. I think it's a good lesson. Like, these kids right now, they don't enjoy this. This is not fun for them. It's not. And so you're just really piling on. I mean, there's I, I can't imagine a kid out there indifferent, like totally like just sociopathically just fine with what's going on out there. You know, you can use it as the defense mechanism. I've seen that before. Kids on losing teams, and they they act like they're fine with what's going on. And like, you know what? I'm getting my points, blah, blah, blah. You see that more overseas, to be honest with you. For but sure. It's, um, that's not really what's going on here. But it is a funny story. Like, even as your own teammate, I didn't even put myself in your shoes. So I understand, like, it's hard for fans to put themselves in players' shoes. But, like, that's the key to life, right? That's the key to empathy is, like, put yourself in someone else's shoes – what would you feel in that situation if you did that or someone said this to you? Um, I know we we get trigger fingers on social media, right? Like We, we send off tweets and, and posts and messages without thinking twice about it. So I get it. But it's, uh, yeah, you, you just, you never know what's going on inside a player's head. For sure. I, I, as a player and now as a coach, I try to, you know, you use that word empathy. I try to show empathy. I try to put myself in their shoes. That's the first thing I always try to do. I'm I'm not against. That's what this whole and that's what this whole pod is about today, Stu. We could talk about the Illinois game. We could talk about the Wisconsin game, the Nebraska game, the ins and outs. You know, we're in a moral space right now where we just got to take it one game at a time. Find something to play for. Every individual find something to coach for. It, it's I've been in this situation as a player. I know that, like you said earlier, you do not – they don't feel good. You don't want to lose. I'm just showing up every day. I want to lose. I'm, I'm looking at all the yeah. players like, yeah, we ain't got Doug. Oh, we're going to lose today. No, I know Doug is going through it. I We play. We play for that university, so it's it hurts. So I think we all need to be a little patient, even me. You know, seeing that loss – I'm only taking the Terrence Shannon highlights from it. And, and that's against my school. It hurts. I don't even like to see him yeah. play that way, you know. But I've been in that shoe. Don't get 
I just had to pull it together and not get down on them and not be someone who's not in their shoes like these fans are. Again, yeah, and, and, and to that point, we can criticize, right? And if it's time to move on from Juwan, it's time to move on. That's totally fine. We can just do it with a little humanity on the way out. That's that's my only thing. Um, we don't have to like just absolutely throw someone off a cliff to get them to get them out. We don't we don't have to do that. And it's especially tricky because he is John Howard, a legendary member of the Fab Five, legendary Michigan basketball player. You're going to need his support down the road in recruiting. It would be nice. I mean, he doesn't have to be involved with the program, obviously, but like you don't want to alienate them. Um, I, I want to give one quick anecdote, though. I want I want to talk about Jawan and kind of the Chris Holtman situation with Ohio State and how that relates. Um, but a quick anecdote, something that sticks with me. There was, I think it was between my freshman and sophomore year, and. I was, you know, you get there freshman year and I'm just trying to figure out a way to earn minutes, right? I, I want to earn minutes. Eventually got into the starting lineup freshman year. I wasn't playing the role I wanted to offensively. I was just busting my ass defensively and trying not to make mistakes and played my role well enough to get in the starting lineup. And we had a good year. That summer after freshman year, you know, you want to develop as a player. So I go home and I'm working out and I'm really working on my game. I'm feeling good about my game and I'm working out with Ed Schilling. He was a fame, fame trainer in Indiana, worked out a lot of guys for a long time. Um, he moved on. I think he's on Alford staff where he was at one point. I don't know where he is now. Anyways, you know, we, I was playing against NBA guys and other top college players and somebody from the media came obviously to cover it like, oh, you know, this is where the basketball players train in Indy. And there was a little snippet about me in there. And because I was playing so well against those guys. But something in the effect of like, yeah, people have come up. This is a quote from Edge. Like people have come up and said, who's that guy? And they were talking about me. And so that felt good to read in that article. And it was put in UM Hoops. I think it was umhoops.com at the time. And in one of the messages somebody's commented like, yeah, right. Like no one's going to watch pros and, and college players and saying that about Stu Douglas. And it really, it deflated me like at the time. And it, I got over it and I'm like, eventually learn like those, these people's opinions don't matter, but that has stuck with me for a long time, even though I'm over it. Like that has stuck with me. That was like a small trauma that someone added to my life and it sucked. It really sucked at the time. Um, and I understand you're going to see those comments, but it's a real thing that sticks with people. And I've seen the the life sucked out of people's basketball careers off of similar situations where things get even more toxic. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to we're not just I'm not just talking out of my butt here. Like these things really do stick with you as a player and every player has their examples, uh, multiple examples of situations like that. But Anyways, Ohio State just fired Chris Holtman before the season was over. Nice little juicy payout for him. I think it's $17 million. Not, You know, doesn't make it easier to get fired, but, you know, not a bad thing for in terms of buyouts for him. Everyone's talking about wanting Juwan to get fired. And we talked about before on maybe the last episode or the episode before that, 
I don't think it's a good idea to fire him right now before the season is over. I understand if they would, but for a multitude of reasons, I don't think so. But I ask you, like, do you think that would be in Michigan's best interest to, if they're going to cut ties with them, just cut ties with them now or figure it out at the end of the year? I just hope they don't cut ties with anyone, period. But to this point, to your point, um, just wait till after the season because we, like in many pods before, if you guys watch us, we have talked about, you know, what he is for the Michigan program. We know that, like, and it would be so detrimental for that situation. And we don't need anything to hurt us as far as that. If you're going to fire Jawan, you need to make this situation so clean. It's not like the Ohio State coach. Um, Jawan means, I'm sure he means more to Michigan than that coach meant to Ohio State. And not just Jawan, what he comes with, the Fab Five, you know, his son coming from Michigan now is playing in the NBA and will be in the NBA for a long time. It's just so many things that, you know, that will keep the relationship together if they handle it the right way. And I think they need to. What you think still? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I think that they have to keep it as clean as possible. You know, people have been criticizing Ward Manuel for that quote today, like the vague quote, like we haven't really thought about changing basketball coaches. Um, I don't envy Ward Manuel at all in these positions. Um, it's It's easy to say, well, he shouldn't have said that. He should have said this. Okay, well, you go in that press conference and, and get in that moment and say this. And maybe you would. Maybe you'd be pristine in, in the press conference as the AD of Michigan talking about firing your basketball coach, uh, who's a legend of the, of the program. So these things I, I don't envy. They're, they're really tough situations, and they have to make it as clean as possible if they're going to do it. If they bring back Juwan, I'm not going to lose my mind over it. I'm really not. I, I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. We can, we can give it another shot. I think that would be the last year, def- definitively in my mind. I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't think he gets another shot, unfortunately. Um, but again, your point, like, I don't want to see anyone go. I do not want anyone's job to be terminated. Sure. It's just not fun to see. I don't revel in it. And there's this notion. It's a, it's a common theme that I've seen among fans and when people ask me questions about Michigan, you know, do you love Michigan? Do you, you must have gone crazy at the loss. What do you think about this? I want the program to do well, but I care mostly about the human beings involved. Like I, this entity of Michigan is not as important to me as other people's lives and well-beings. And that will always be the case. I mean, unless you're just a complete a-hole and like, you know, Juwan's had his issues again. And, and, you know, I don't know the full story with Sanderson. I'm not pleased with what went down with that. But I'm not quite there to just say like, Juwan's a terrible person, throw him out. And so uh, above and beyond worrying about where the Michigan basketball program is going to go, I'm worried about people's lives and well-beings and, and where they end up. Um, not saying that people don't deserve to be moved on from. That's not what I'm saying. But again, I am not the number one concern for me is not a entity that is Michigan sports. It's not, it's not my big concern here. So 
Um, yeah, it's got to be clean. Like you, you, you have the other element. Not only is he the Michigan basketball, Michigan basketball legend that you have to be very careful of, but his son is on the team, and that's a very awkward situation to deal with. And you don't want to alienate Jace in that situation either. Um, so I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think it would be a good idea to do it right now. I think you let him, as long as he wants to, as long as he wants to coach. Um, and I hope his, this is a very stressful. So I hope his heart is holding up okay with everything that's going on because I can't imagine. I, I've had, I've had anxiety about way less <laughs> nerve wracking situations since in my career than, you know, being in such a, a prime coaching position and being ridiculed all the time and then having undergone heart surgery months before. So I just hope that, you know, he can end the year and end it healthy. Um, and then things can be evaluated and, and that they are patient with it and they can talk with Jawan and make it right by him um, as much as possible. I mean, there's a situation where, you know, you fire someone and they're still going to be pissed off no matter how well you treat them. That's just the name of the game, but yeah, to your point, like it's got to be as clean as possible because the Fat Five, man, that's been it's been a trip trying to get them back into Michigan basketball, right? And then they're finally here, and it's like, damn, this this might take a hit. That's not, that's not good. It's not good. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm in a situation like, where do we go from here? You know, of course, we've been talking about all season about the coaching situation. We having our ups and downs. I think we're four and eleven in the Big Ten right now. Going into the Big Ten tournament uh, to wrap this up. Going into the Big Ten tournament or the rest of the Big Ten. What are we looking to gain? What can be the a factor, a push? Uh, can it be something spiritual? Does it some is it something we have to work on? Is it something that we can work on? Being a player, being like, I'm sure you've been in this position at Michigan before. Is there something that we look forward to as players? I'm speaking on behalf of the Michigan players and the staff. Is it something that we look forward to now? Like, what do we look forward to now? Yeah, I'm trying to think of how, if I was in this situation as a player, you get caught up in the moment, right? You're living moment to moment with these things. How you know, and I, and I have the experience of uh, college career, overseas career, and being able to look back on it. But I, would, I think of like how I would want to look back on my effort years later. What's the like, right way? What's the right way, Stu? Right. No, 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 no. I want you to, I, if what? you get in that position as a young age, it's not going to be the same as the right way. I want the answer. What can we do from all your experience from playing? professionally overseas and playing in college, what can you do Look from the outside looking in? You know, what can we do? What can be the change or the surge to turn this around or or just tank yeah. it? Yeah, and I, okay. I, it, it comes down to culture. Like, it, where I was going with that is similar to my answer here would be just give it your all. Like, there's a lot surrounding – the program right now is very, it'd be very easy to just give in. But at the end of the game, you know it, like you would evaluate yourself at the end of the game. Like when we got more mature as the years gone on, we're like, okay, I can evaluate myself now. Yeah. Be proud of the effort you gave in that yeah. game. Yeah. Don't worry about the missed shots. 
you know, the results are going to be the results. Worry about what you can control and be proud of yourself to end the year. I mean, they're obviously going to have to win the big 10 tournament to get into the tournament at this point. Um, and you know, besides Purdue, they've shown that they can beat the Wisconsin's and maybe everyone else if they get on a run. I mean, again, they, they can they could score ninety on anybody at any point if they can recoup their offense. But it, it would be to give the effort enough to where you can look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the season, at the end of each game, and say, "All right, I, I gave it my all, and I didn't give in to all the negativity surrounding." the program. So that for me would be huge. I would hate just to have those regrets at the end of the year. I mean, this will be a learning lesson for everybody, but regrets suck. They're, they're just really terrible to deal with, especially when a season is over and it's flown by and you're like, damn, I just, it feels way. <laughs> That's the worst feeling, ain't it? <laughs> oh man. I, cause, and you know, too, like overseas, every summer was a free agency. Yes. Right. Like we signed one year deals. Maybe some guys signed two year deals here and there. Nothing has changed a little bit, but like, yeah, May would hit. You'd be over, and you're like, shit. Like, I could have do better. this. I yeah, I could have done yeah. better, man. Yeah, and and you have to sit with it for four months or until the next contract. You you sit with that anxiety until you sign that next contract. You're like, once you sign it, you're like, okay, okay, I'm good. But yeah. even but then, the, man, we that, that, we more of the same than I thought, man. Oh yeah, Oh, yeah. yeah, especially on that anxiety thing, because that anxiety is going to sit with you until that next contract, that next season, you know, like, damn, I didn't do, you know, as I, I didn't do as much as I could have to ensure that there's no anxiety because I know I'm signing because I did yeah. what I had to, you know, it's, we're the same still. I like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that, I never knew that. It, yeah, it's... um. I think you and me have shared a lot of those same experiences. It's very lonely too. It's a very lonely situation. You, you have people around you that you love and love you, but it's, um, I wouldn't understand in sports. Yeah. And, and, and like I mentioned before, like I don't know my own teammates anxiety. So it's a very, this is in life, right? We, we all have our individual paths, our individual anxieties, our individual fears. Yeah. Like we all are alone a little bit in that sense. Um, no matter if you play sports or not, but yeah, it's a, it's a journey to figure out. And so it's, it took me a long time to look back and be proud of myself for what I did. Cause every other moment in between in my basketball career was ridiculing myself and overanalyzing what I did. It wasn't good enough to do more. It's constant. So that's, that's the part where I'm like, I just feel for these kids right now, man. Like just, do whatever you can to be able to look back later and say, I'm proud of the effort I gave. And that's, that's all I'm hoping for. Um, Cause there's, there's just going to have to be changes at the end of the year, one way or another. And people, kids might leave, kids might stay, coaches might leave, coaches might stay. I don't know what's going to happen, but as shitty as it is, like control what you can't control right now. So I don't know. I just hope, I just want people to survive intact in one piece, to get to the end of the year. Um, and who knows this team was up and down. So there's still, there's a lot of basketball left. And so there, you know, it's not like two more games. You got to survive. Like they got, they got quite a bit of basketball left. It's one, two, yeah, for four, sure. six, at least seven games. Um, Michigan state's coming up here Saturday, big rivalry game. I'm hoping 
the fans will pack it a little more than they have. But I, I will be tuned in 8 p.m. Fox Saturday to watch that game. I can tell you for sure. I can't make it this year. It's the alumni weekend. Couldn't make it this year. Um, but I, I'm going to be looking forward to that still. Doug will be back playing that game. So I don't know. That, that's a different game, though. Like that, Those types of wins can change your season. Even though Michigan State's not really tournament-bound right now, like it's still a prideful thing. No matter when we were losing, right? We had a losing record my sophomore year. Um, we still we still took a lot of pride in those games. So I'm hoping it'll be a good game. I'm hoping Michigan will come out victorious. Uh, I think they can do it at home. I think they can figure out a way to win. But what I mean, what would be your key? We'll, we'll end this way, and then we'll get out of here. What would be your key? How would you approach this game if you're a Michigan player? Like if you're Olivier Ngamo right now, how are you approaching this Saturday game? This Saturday's game, you know. It's a rivalry game, you know. It's different if you start the season, the Big Ten season, 0-11. You know, this is a game where you're just motivated just by history, you know. You've been hearing about this game the minute you stepped on the campus. So they don't have no motivation. They don't need a lot of motivation to get ready for this game, man. You know, but these games also work on the other end, you know. Don't put too much into it because – they can – that motivation can work the other way around. You can't – because you come a little scared, you know. Yeah. You put yourself in a frenzy. That anxiety really kick in. So I just think, yeah. you know, have to have an even kill balance of, you know, knowing your opponent but knowing this is a rivalry game, you got to put that shit on the line. Yep. You got to stay confident. Stay mm-hmm. confident. You know, some anxiety is good, right? It motivates you to work hard. But like, yeah, you got you can't let it go overboard, like you said, and then ruin your confidence and you get shaky. For sure. Um, so that's going to be a real test. That'll be a real test for these guys to end the season is if they can continue that. Um, so we'll see. It's uh, we'll be tuned in for sure. Was at eight on Saturday? Um, the Northwestern five days later at Northwestern. So I'm not sure when we will record again, but. Appreciate all of you listening. You can find us um, at Beyond the Big Ten on socials, SWD underscore 317. For me, still don't know if we found you on X yet, but we'll tweet that out. Um, anyways, pre- appreciate everybody listening. Um, tweet at us what your thoughts are. I'm open to these conversations. I love these types of conversations because it's a, a look behind the scenes mentally of college sports and it's always a a very interesting conversation because it kind of goes untalked about um it gets brushed to the side a little bit for a multitude of reasons but appreciate everybody listening until next time see you later